ashamed of seeing you, I get to see your children. What does the word pilalti mean? Hillel, it's a very important word. Raya panecha loy pilalti. What does the word pilal mean? So some Rishonim say that pilal is milash and machshava. I never thought to see your face. Pilo means machshava. It's going to be very important what this word means, Chewy. Bear with me. Yaakov before he dies, says concern, to Yosef, Raya panecha, seeing your face, loy pilalti. What does pilalti mean? See, that means to think. I never thought I would see your face, loy pilalti. Rashi has a different shot. Rashi and Pasuk Aleph says, loy pilalti. Rashi's first shot is, I never thought. I never allowed my heart to even think I would see you. So I never thought I would see you. Rashi says, So Rashi learns the Lashen of thought. Other Rishonim say the word Pilalti means Dante. I never judged to see you. The word Pilal means to judge. We're in the tire. Does anybody know we're in the tire? The word Pilal means to judge. It means I never judge to see you. Loidanti, I never judge to see you. Where does the word pilal in the Torah mean judge? It says, Vinasnu Biflilim. They're going to be obligated to give it with judges. The word pilal can mean judge. Now, why is Kalish getting so into what the word pilal means? Well, first of all, words are important to me, but I think it's life changing, Mesh. What is, why is Kalish getting so excited? He sounds like that ninth grade diktuk Rebbe that you despised because he was so tedious and technical. So what am I doing to you, Baruch, that I'm telling you, getting excited, does the word pilo mean to think? Or does the word pilo mean to judge? You know why it's important to you, I'm going to only tell guys if all the coats come off. You'll hear why it's important. Should we offer the coat? You'll hear why it's important. How do you read it? What does it mean? It means judge. I never judged to see you. Loi When I judged this, when I was like being the Dayan, when I was being the judge, I, I like passed up. I said, I'll never see you. I never judged to see you. We just said a word in the Torah. Yaakov Avinu, before he dies, says to Yosef, Panecha, to see your face, Loi Pilalti. Rashi says it means Machshava. Other Rishayim say loy pilalti means loy danti. I never judge to see you. Now the word pilo means to judge. You know why I'm getting excited? What does it mean lehispalo? To pray. Lehispalo means to pray, but it's a very not precise translation because it really doesn't mean to pray. We call tfilo lehispalo to pray. Vayispalo. What does the word pilo really mean? The same as this, loy pilalti. It means to judge. And I ask you, why in the world is prayer called judgment? Lehispalo, by the way, means to self-judge. Pilo is, self- is reflexive. I'm sorry to get really dictated, but we're going to get moving in a couple of minutes. Hello? Hello, why in the world does lehispalo means to self-judge? I'm praying. By judging or praying. Now, if the word pilo means machshava, thought, that's excellent. Because tefillah is mainly up here. Avodah is tefillah. Tefillah is an internal exercise to think. Machshava. So the word pilo means machshava. Are you leaving, Shlema? 
Shucks, I wanted to talk to you. You're going with Yehuda? Call me later because I need to talk to you. Thank you, Shlomo. So the word, have a great Shabbos, Shlomo. The word pilo meaning machshava, Hillel is very, very good. That tefillah is called machshava, to think, because the main part of tefillah is internal. It's not just an external exercise, say the words, it's an internal exercise to think what you're saying, to connect, to have kavana. Avoidah shebelev is tefillah. But Manny, Kayla, Shui Klein, Hillel Storchi, I want to know why in the world is tefillah called to judge? Well, too fast, too fast. If you answer this, she answered too fast, I'd call somebody else. Because to me, it's more important. I'd rather a guy think it over and answer like too fast. I like the question to sit and enjoy. Why is tefillah called to judge? Isn't that weird to self-judge? That's not what I do. When I pray, I'm talking to God. Why in the world would prayer be the same words as to judge? Now, even if you say, listen to this, listen to this. Even if you say, see, you could, you, who said lispalo means to self-judge? The word pilo means to judge. Lispalo may be to self-judge. So we call prayer self-judgment. Now, even if you say it's, it's not, but in Lush and Kaidish, if, if two words have the same spelling, that means they're the same Shayrish Hanashama, they're the same essence. So, what I'm bothered by, guys, why in the world is prayer and self judgment the same thing? But they gotta be the same thing because they're both pillow. Shu, is that intriguing? I'll tell you why it's so intriguing. Prayer is fa- I love prayer. Prayer is fascinating. What? Same word. Same word. Prayer is, is, is from the most fundamental, most important things we do in our day, to pray to Hashem. And you learn all about what are you supposed to do by prayer? What's the point of prayer? What am I doing? What am I doing with prayer? It's especially funny. If you would say, can I ask you, what's the point of prayer? If somebody says, well, I, I, I have needs, so why do you have set prayers three times a day? So good on a need basis, once every couple of days, or we have needs every minute. I mean, what is this word three times a day, set time? What is prayer? So it's a very important what prayer is, Nayam. But in, when you set out, you're coming with what Nayam thinks. I want to know what Hashem thinks, what prayer is. What does Hashem say? The first place I like in, in analyzing anything is the word itself. Study words. In Lush and Kurdish is not like English. In English, is this a table, Shui? There's absolutely not a table. You're stupid. If, I, I'm, I shouldn't say so. You're silly. You're mistaken. You're, you're not deep. You're not profound if you think there's a table. Because what I mean is, it's not a t- there's nothing about a T-A-B-L-E that this is. This is not a table. When I say table and you say table, we both have in mind this. It's just the way of me and you can talk. Because how are we going to know when I'm thinking about a table and I want to... So I'll say the word table. When I say table, okay, you and I both know I mean this. There's nothing about this. It's a T-A-B-L-E. We could have called it whatever we wanted. We pick some word, completely invented. And when I say that word, both of us think about this. Is there anything about this that's a C-H-A-I-R that I'm sitting on? It's a chair? When I say chair, so we both know what I mean. That's in English, in every other language. French, Russian, Spanish. 
Kisei is not a way that me and you know what I'm talking about. This is a Kisei. If you know what a Chaf is, what a Samach is, an Aleph, that's what it is. It's a Kisei. It's not a way, Hilki, that you and I know what I mean. It's not a way that we both should know what I mean. It is a Kisei. It's a Chaf Samach Aleph. That's what it is. You're sitting on a Kisei. If, if a guy came in here and had no idea what you and I called this, he didn't know Lush and Kaidish, he just knows he's a big student of Matisio Glazerson. He's a person who wrote English books on the Aleph Bays. He would look at that chair and say, that is a Kisei. Without even knowing, he, if you just knew letters, what a Chaf is, what a Samach, what Aleph, it is, it is a Kisei. It's its essence, the kisei. That's why there's a halacha, Eitan, that you have to know about Eitan. There's a halacha that if a guy reads the Megillah in English and he's French, and he doesn't know English, is he yaitz in the Megillah? It's not a language. If you're leading in Lashen Kaish, you don't understand the yaitz in the Megillah? Yes, why? Because Lashen Kaish, you said it even if you didn't know what you said. You said it. If you said kisei, you just said chair. In English, if you say chair, you don't know what it means. You didn't say chair. It only means it as much as you communicated the idea, because it's not a chair. Isn't that teeth? That's the reality. So now we have pilo, that means prayer, and it means self-judgment. Why is prayer, what about prayer is a self-judgment? I don't know about you, I'm communicating. Noyam said relationship. Why in the world, in a meaningful way, Rabbi say, why would prayer be called self-judgment? That's my question to you. Self-judgment. It's not Eitan, why is prayer self-evaluation? I'm talking to God. Because while you're talking to God, you're judging yourself first. In what way? Why am I... You're evaluating your life. You're judging your life. Judging is not bad. Things aren't good. Why is prayer judgment to my life? Just... Because you know what you did in your life and you go and evaluate yourself and stand before God and Admit it? You're understanding like prayer as this like chuva, like that's prayer some sort. No, prayer is a part of your life. For sure. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why prayer is called self-evaluation, self-judgment. Yes, yes. Is it possible that because we're asking for like certain things, we know what we're missing? Because we're thankful for something, we know what we have received. That way we self-evaluate our lives through proper thinking of the prayer. It's funny. It's funny. It, it, very sim- I think Eitan was saying this also. I'm not clear. What, what Nisano is saying, what Nisano is saying intel- very intelligently, and Kubis what Eitan meant also very possibly, Nisano is saying that automatically when you pray, you evaluate what you have, what you don't have. There's a self-evaluation going on. Take, thanking for what I have, asking for what I need, automatically is a self-evaluation of what I have, what I need. You take stock when you pray. That's not a, Nisano saying it's not a side point to prayer. Part of facing Hashem and thanking and asking is the evaluation. What do I have? What do I need? So he says that's, that's an essential part of prayer is evaluating. Hmm, what do I have? I have this and that. Taking stock of what you have and what you need is a big part of prayer. 
It's very intelligent, Asano. Very intelligent, and it would be funny why the guy's self-judging. He's a little bit taken stock. Might be called a judgment of sorts, going through himself what he has, what he needs, and that that taken stock might be able to be called a judgment. And so prayer is not just you're just asking; you're taking stock. Is that what you were saying also, Eitan? The guy, in order to pray, has to look what he has, look what he needs. There's a self-evaluation that every prayer entails. What do I have and what do I need? I thank what I have, I ask what I need. What do you think about that, Shui? Oh, you think about that also? I love these thoughts. I'm going to tell you other ideas. I like thinking what we're doing. It shouldn't just be by rote. It shouldn't just be, you know, get, I like thinking into what I'm doing. There's actually, can you imagine a guy who evaluates and he like looks and appreciates what he has? It's Hashem, I'm really appreciative. A person who's praying real, he's not just getting up there lip service, and he's saying to Hashem, there are things I have and I'm really appreciative to that. He takes stock what I have, and I'm very thankful. I have this, I have that. There are things I need also. So he's done, he's taken good stock, and perhaps that taking stock is why prayer is called to self evaluate, to self judge. Very nice idea, Nassano. Yes, Nayam. You have to, like, you have to self-evaluate yourself. Who am I to praise the Kaddish Baruch? Why does it need my daughter? And then you have to think about how we're his children. Nice chat. Nice chat. Very nice chat. Just in praising Hashem automatically, because it also it brings out even my imperfections. Like I'm standing in front of Hashem. I'll tell you, I'll tell you main of what Noyam's saying. And I mean, Mamish, what Noyam's saying. I want to I have once a year, I'm not going to do right now, once a year I speak about the beauty of the city Lakewood. I speak about it already once a year. Once a year? Once a year I try to give a schmooze on the value of Lakewood. I don't say, at least, I mean, happens more, at least once a year. I want guys, Shimon, to hold of Lakewood. I, ho- I say that in a completely serious way because the city of Tyre. There's so many B'nai Tyre there. There's so many Talmidei Chachamim. I don't see somebody would have a bias against the city that is massive Tyre learned there and studied and produced Talmidei Chachamim. I want a guy to appreciate such a city. Unbelievable. It becomes very popular to knock. It's the, it's the most precious place, a place in Ira Tyra, a city of Tyra. The amount of friends I have that are Tamid that are mind boggling tzaddikim, that are there, it's an amazing city. Lakewood has tremendous sidkos, tremendous asmada. It's a lot to appreciate. Shui got chesed, everything. It's an amazing city. People who learn Torah, so that's chesed, is all Jewish values, unbelievable city. Shui, people tell me that guys, that there's, there's a lot of judging going, very judgmental there. Guys tell me it's very judgmental there. And I, yeah, I have figured out a chiddush Shui that is completely true. If a friar yid comes to a yeshiva, a, secular, a Jew is not yet from, I don't want to say a secular Jew, there's no secular Jew, but a Jew is not yet from, comes to a from community, he always says, everybody's judging me. Why, are people judging him? Usually not. Why does he think everybody's judging Why does he think everybody's judging him? Because he's judging himself. Because he's judging himself. When you're around, 100%. When he's around from people, he tends to self-judge. That's what he does. 
if you ever noticed, I don't shake hands with any lady in the world. No matter what, my father Paskins give up your life. Somebody all the gun says, Kalish, your life will shake this person's hands. I say, do what you want to do. I am not shaking this person's hand. I don't shake ladies' hands. So when you don't shake a guy's hand, like, that's amazing. And they ask, why aren't you shaking? I say, we can't shake hands. Men and ladies, like, wow, that's amazing. That's so special. Wow, they go crazy. You tell a, a Jew who's not yet from, we can't shake hands, I'm sorry. They get angry at you. Why is the guy that's amazing and the year getting angry? It's one of my ways of knowing if the lady's a Jew or not. She gets angry. Oh, it's so nice. Shalom. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Why do Jews get angry? Because they feel guilty. They're not being loyal to the tyrant. They're judging themselves. What do you want? I'm, I'm, I'm doing the tyrant. Why, why does that get you so angry? Because you judge yourself. The guy doesn't judge themselves. They keep the tyrant out. The year judges themselves. They're very mad at you. You're making them feel guilty. Nobody wants to feel guilty. Hitler said about the Jewish people that we caused the world to feel guilty. So he said, he said, what do we hate the Jew for? He said, the guilty conscience of the world. People who are living true make others feel guilty. It's annoying the guy who lives true. The guy who davens a beautiful Shmanesre annoys us because it makes me feel guilty because then I judge myself. The guy who's being all from makes me feel guilty because I judge myself. When a guy goes, to, I'm talking about me, when Dan Kalish goes to, I promise you when I go to Lakewood, I start judging myself. I'm sitting in my brother's shul with Talmud Chum everywhere. On every bench, there are guys who know a lot of tires, serious people. You start judging yourself, am I doing enough? Now you can attribute that others are judging you. It's not others judging you, you're judging you. <coughs> people go to Gedalim, they say he looked right through me. Not always true. Some, some Gedalim nice. can see right through you. Other times you look through you. The reason you think he's looking through you is since you're around somebody so true. You're seeing somebody who's living amistic. You start asking yourself question, am I living amistic? So you say, he looked right through me, you looked right through you. And you put it on him, you were looking through you. Like, oh my gosh, I did this, I did that. So you say, he saw right through me. He didn't see anything. He wasn't trying to see you. He saw a nice yid. You see through you because you judge. The reaction to being around truth is to self-judge. And what I wonder, I don't know, I don't know, I wonder the conversation with Hashem, if it's supposed, I don't say it does this to us, but I wonder, I wonder what Noam said, that three times a day a Yid faces Hashem, and in communicating with the Almighty, and communicating with Hashem, Hashem, I wanted to speak, if that's supposed to cause some self-judgment. Just the fact that three times a day, middle of your work day, you go back to Hashem. I wonder, a guy's in the middle of work, maybe he's even cheating, or doing something not exactly straight. Then he runs to Davin Mincha, if he really thinks what he's doing, if he says himself, what He's sitting in front of Hashem. If, that, if that's Mu'ayr, if that should arouse some self-judgment, one second, oh, my, my living, you're talking to the Almighty, the Creator of all. I wanted to ask you a few things. I wanted to thank you. Just in this conversation, would that cause speaking to truth, speaking to the ultimate MS, would that be Mu'ayr, would that arouse some self-judgment to ask yourself, 
Am I living right? Am I living true? I can I can picture somebody davening and praying seriously would would evaluate. I can imagine somebody's on vacation. And you know, is everything so kosher? Are they doing everything so right? And then they run to Mincha. After Mincha, all of a sudden, they make sure to do things a little better. Because they self-judge. I, I, I put myself back in front of Hashem. I think automatically there'll be some self-judgment. Much like the guy goes to Lakewood. The guy's around from people. Here you put yourself by Hashem. You put yourself by Hashem. The natural thing that would occur is some self-judgment. Perhaps that's why prayer is called to self-judge. So we now have Tupchatim. We have Noyam and we have Eitan and Etanel's beautiful Pshat. We have two different Pshatim. Why prayer is called self-judgment? Either prayer is called self-judgment because you take stock. So in an interesting way, you're judging yourself. You're taking stock what you have and what you need. So as a judgment of sorts, really going through your life. What do I have to thank for it? What do I need to ask for it? And that's why prayer is called self-judgment. That's Eitan and Etanel. Or we have Noyam's Pshat, that just facing Hashem, and just talking Hashem, makes a person self-judge. It says that, it says that, uh, what we say? Well, it depends. If you're on a high enough level, then you can be like, am I worthy? Am I worthy to be speaking to Hashem right now? Am, am, right. I, am I true, sure true, enough true, to you? True, true, true. No, I was saying true. I, I would put that all part of that shot of self-judgment, of being around Emes. There's a Pasuk in Mishle. There's a Pasuk in Mishle. I was so happy Shlema won that. Thank you, Shlema. Excellent. I wanted you to win big last night. There was a Pasuk. There was a, there's a Pasuk in Mishle, Hevra. It says, what do you say? Of course, Shlema was me. It says <laughs> that's like the big need. That, there were a lot of like different discussions in the dorm. That was like half the night. Was it rigged or not? How much was in Ezra in their minds? Uh, it was deep there. You got called up. You, you left. The pu- we noticed career could be when he's older. <laughs> The Pasuk in Mishle, the Pasuk says that somebody who loves Musr will dwell among sages. Now, Pashup Shad, it means you get Oilam Abba. Somebody who loves Musr, listen to a Pshat, Rabbi say. You'll like this Pshat, Ezra. It says, somebody who loves Musa will dwell among sages. So I'm going to tell you three pshatim, the third being wild. Pshat number one is, you got oil If you love Musa, you got oil That's pshat number one. It means you like changing. Very, very shallow people get upset when you give them Musa. Like, <laughs> they get all mad at you. If a guy takes away your alcohol, he's giving you Musa. You should man up and thank him. Man up and thank him. When I was 19, a little older than you, when I was 19, a friend of mine blasted me for something. It's very hard to take. Well, human beings, he changed my life. I just saw him the other night. I didn't thank him the other night. I thanked him many times over the years. He's apologized many times over the years. He gave me muster on something. It was painful. He helped my life. Till today, I remember what he told me. It affected me a little Muster is precious. If you love muster, you're going to tell him 
very shallow people getting so the rabbi if the rabbi like if you have a rub in shul and he he chews out the people who I'm going to a different shul, the chutzpah of the you're lucky you have a guy you can give you musr. When you're in school, you have people who give you musr. When you're 20, 30, 50, you could set up your lives that nobody could tell you of. You're, you're foolish. You're foolish. It's the most priceless. We're, we're human beings. A part of us gets hurt. It's priceless if somebody tells you of. So we should pay a guy a million bucks. Give me musr. Tell me of. I have a friend of Yankov Metz, he asks me from time to time over the years, please give me Musr. Tell me off. He's like begging, give me Musr, tell me off. It's priceless. Somebody tells you Musr, you can work on yourself. It's priceless. So one shot is, I, I can't, he's too big, I can't jump so high. So, so Pashif Shat is if you love Musr, you're going to live amongst Chacham, you go to Ilam Pshat number two, is if you love Musr, you're going to live by Chachamim, you'll always set yourself up with somebody who can give you Musr. If you're a smart Mosh, I want when you're 30, 60s, you have somebody who could tell you a Fred Miller, as Shlomo Zalman says, warns parents, don't let your daughter marry a guy who has no Rebbe. If a guy has nobody in his life, and you could say, don't say you have a Rebbe if a guy can't chew you out. You don't have a Rebbe. You're, you're, you're faking. I don't have a Rebbe. It, you don't have a Rebbe. If somebody can't give you Musr, you don't have a Rebbe. A Rebbe means somebody can give you Musr and you man up and take it. That's what it means to have a Rebbe. So he said, so second shot is if you, if you love Musr, you live amongst Chachamim, means you set yourself up with a Rebbe. But I want to save shot number three. Shot number three is the fun shot for the day. And there's a little bit drash, but it's true. If you love Musa, you live amongst Chachamim. It doesn't mean to give you Musa. It doesn't mean go to Elam If you love Musa, you live amongst Chachamim. Because that is a rebuke. Being around good people serves as a rebuke. Because you self-judge yourself. So if you love Teichacha, be care of Chachamim, Talon, he will dwell amongst Chachamim. Is that's where you'll put yourself always because you're not afraid of rebuke and it not you want him to rebuke you that itself is a rebuke when you're around true people you tend to judge yourself mm. that itself is a rebuke so what are the words what's the words chacham talin. he will dwell amongst chacham that's what he'll do he'll always put himself amongst chachamim because he doesn't mind that rebuke not that they're going to give him rebuke no, that automatically, that mitzius is a rebuke. I always like in the summer, we're separate for two months in Mishli. I try to make like a reunion in the summer to get the Olam together. So I always feel when you're with Chaveirim, good Chaveirim, that itself makes me judge myself. It makes me read, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? Nobody even has to say anything. You're going to have a gathering and play, let's make a deal together. But the Olam gathers, a guy in the summer is doing all different stuff. And he gathers, he sees his, just seeing his Rebbeim. He just sees Rai Russ, he didn't give him anything. And the guy, oh, oh, I better stop doing that. Nobody told you not to do that, because it causes rebuke. My wife in her workplace, my wife in her workplace, so a lady will curse. Some lady will curse. She'll, I'm, I'm sorry, Rachel, I'm so sorry. Wife didn't give her Musr. But being in the airport was a rebuke. Somebody who doesn't do that is in itself rebuke to you. It's like, whoa, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't say anything. She did. Her essence said something. It was a rebuke. 
It was a Musr. Being with her was a Musr. Which is why people say Lakewood is so judgmental. Because when we're in Lakewood, you're around a lot of good people. You judge yourself. So you call Lakewood judgmental. Yeah, being around good people causes judgment. That's what it does, being around good people. Perhaps in that way, that's why Tfil is called to self-judge. It's got to be three times a day a Jew puts himself in front of Hashem automatically he's going to ask himself, well, am I living right? Am I living up to my, to what I'm, I'm an Hashem, I'm, I'm talking to the Ba'erelim, I'm talking with, with, with such an intimacy to Hashem, am I living right? That's why very simply, it's got to be the guy who was cheating all morning and, morning and stops for Mincha, if he's a thinking person, if he's a blockhead, he'll keep cheating. If he's thinking, if he's not by rote, and he goes to Hashem says, I want to talk to you a little bit. After davening, he's got to be more careful. He's going to be. He's going to be more careful not to cheat. It's Pashan. <coughs> so all of a sudden, we have a new understanding what prayer is called self-judgment. Because it's what happens when you talk to Hashem. A yid, three times a day, represents himself to Hashem. And what results is a lot of self-judgment. A lot of, oh, what am I doing? What, 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 why are you judging yourself? Because you're just in front of Hashem. You just spoke to Hashem. Anytime you like this pshat, so do I. So do I. What? That's why I go to Mustard Shears so much. Thank you, Menachem. I love you, Menachem. What? Yeah. Yeah. You like this pshat, Yonah? So do I. Yeah. Yeah. Rabbi, I want to be the smart guy. <laughs> you are the smart guy. Yeah. It changed me forever. <laughs> Tfila has to do it. Avi, Tfila has to do that. A guy who's, who's, who's awake to what he's doing, it can't be you pray Tashem and then afterwards you're the same. It can't be. It, 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 it can't be much like it can't be the guy who sees his Rabbi. If I, if I just went to a Simcha and I saw Rabbi Brown. I saw my Rebbe, we, we, we didn't exchange a sentence. It was a Lebedeca Simcha, there wasn't time. I promise you, I feel different thoughts in my mind just from seeing him. Here's a Yid who's a masmid, a tzaddik, he's, he's a tremendous person. I'm different because I saw him. I'm simply different. It's amazing power of somebody who lives true. I promise you, I'm thinking thoughts since the wedding because I saw my Rebbe. Thinking different thoughts. He's a big master. I've asked myself many times since I met him. Am I learning enough to you? Many times since I met him. Am I learning enough to you? And I, I can't. I, I won't share you the negative answer. But I, since I met him many, many times, I've asked myself questions. He didn't say anything to me. He didn't say a word. He was so excited to see me. It was such a nice gathering. I asked myself questions. Because when you meet somebody who's true, you ask yourself questions. It's more It arouses questions. It arouses questions to yourself. Am I doing what's right? It pushes yourself. It encourages yourself. Avi, is it Emma's what I'm saying? So all of a sudden you have a new understanding of prayer. A yid reconnects with the Bible three times a day. It's called self-judgment. It arouses himself. No, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> new understanding of prayer. We facing Hashem, reconnecting, reminding ourselves. The guy who checks in with his Rebbe a few times a day checks in and he, re- and he refocuses himself. I have more things I want to tell you. I just, I, I can't jump off this. I can't. 
So let's sing a song to Pashat Freeze on this for a little bit, then we'll. This is what Tefillah means to self judge, so perhaps this was the intention.
Rav Hirsch says that the word shul comes from the word school. That's what Rav Hirsch says. Nobody knows the word shul. What in the world is the word shul? He says it's a German word and it comes from school. And the point of tefillah is what it does after you, Davin. Just like school is to learn stuff to take what you into, into an omnis. So he says that the word shul is school. You learn stuff that you bring along. It's very much in sync with what we're saying. If the point of tefillah is to self-judge, is to reconnect three times to Hashem, and it makes you ask yourself questions. You three times a day ask Hashem and thank Hashem. And just reconnecting to Hashem causes you to ask questions, so it makes sense it's called school. I wanted to comment, Rabbi Say, on last night, on what went down last night, I wanted to say as follows, Rabbi Say. After a concert, when I was a youngster, we went to a concert, by, with, and a Yidra of Yerachmiel Begun was leading the concert. And my father, if you know my father, two things about my father. He's from the most time-pressured people I know. My father, every minute counts. Time is unbelievably important. He's very on time and uses his time. He's very wasting a minute by my father. Time is counted and measured. My son lived by him two years. Said there's no such thing. He's not learning. His default setting is learning unless he's busy with a mitzvah. Not, he goes back to learning. Time is utilized. He's very time conscious. So we'll buy one thing about my father. And the second thing is he's a blunt person. He says what he means. He means what he says. Not a person who flatters, who says what he doesn't. If he, I remember in the shul, he was making an appeal for something, and I was able to tell he's very careful with his words that he completely didn't hold of what he was making an appeal for. My father is so careful with his words, so in making an appeal, he felt pressure, whatever political pressure, but I was able to hear in his words, he's very exact, he won't lie. So it came across in his words, like, this is a terrible cause. It just came across. If you heard what he was saying, he's, he's very careful with his words, not to, to say what he means and mean what he says. His words are very measured. So two things about my dad. Time is very important. And his words, he doesn't, he doesn't throw out things that he doesn't feel. If you ask a cashier that's not smart or something, if it's smart, he says it's smart, he feels it's smart. He's very measured with his words. So... These two things, keeping in mind, Ezra, we waited after we went. Who got this, me? Thank you, Mishla. I love you. But not just God, I just love you. Thank you, Mishla. So, Mishla, we have a chasna. We have. A, we go to this cancer. My father brings us the cancer. Shayistam have to know, very time matters by him. He brought us to a concert. That alone is a good story. He brought us to the cancer. Because he feels to bring the kids places and do things with the family. But he brought us to the cancer. After the cancer guy, he waited around to speak to the guy who ran the cancer. It's not my father's type. He's not paparazzi. He's not, you know, the guy gave a cancer. He waited around to speak to Rabbi Yachmiel Begun. Surprisingly, and he brought us kids up to him and he said to Rabbi Yachmiel Begun that I'm jealous of your Elum 
He told him the Gemara which says that the Amaira asked Elio Anavi, who's a Ben Elam Abba? And he said, a happy person who makes people happy is a Ben Elam Abba. And he said, that's a Ben Elam Abba. And my father said to Rabbi Yochmiel Begun that I'm a Kani Elam Abba. He left the Reishim on me as a youngster. That still remains that Reishim. He didn't throw things at him. Jealousy of Elam Abba. My father's learning, you're jealous of Elam Abba. You're finishing Shasavi. What do you mean you're jealous? He was very serious that he that he has a lot of respect. You make people happy. You gather big crowds and people walk away happy. This tremendous deep value. Elio Anavi wanting to describe the Ben Abad, describe two brothers who were happy people who cheered people up. As a Ben I want to say that I'm so moved. Ezra Shulman spent two and a half hours last night cheering the Ulam up, but I want to tell you what I'm moved by. I'm tremendously moved by it. The Kayak of being able to take a hundred people and give them a good... A hundred guys had an unbelievable night. When it walked away happy, that's the yeah. But I want to say what gets... I'm going to, I'm going to speak blunt. It's taped. I'm going to speak blunt. What gets me fired up is Ezra was a Geschmackster. He's in... And I don't knock any Rebbe. Nobody means it. I just... Something comes out, people don't hop these things. You're in a young grade, a kid's bouncing off the wall, and he's getting in trouble, and parents are called. That does the exact, that chaos, that geschmack, that liveliness, that is, is a ticket to Elam Mamish. It's a direct ticket to Elam That geschmack, that brand. If you have a kid one day, he's in sixth grade, and the teacher's calling you up, you're fresh, your kid's going to Elam with that chaos. He's energetic guy, you know. You know the chaos. You know how much. You know how much a person can bring to the world. It bothers me when people think energy is like a bad thing. The world's desperate. The world survives on energy. What many thinks the problem is the biggest solution is a solution to the world's problems. The world needs energy. The world runs on energy. <laughs> There's always like discussion, new energy sources, switch from gas, switch from oil, switch to this, natural energy, this harness the winds, the world, the sugi of the world is energy. The world survives on kayach and chiyus and cheshek. If you're blessed that your son has energy, school to the sixth grade rabbi, we'll have to figure it out, I apologize. But the world's going to be a better place. I'm not condoning but we have to figure out how to, how to cope with the sixth grade rabbi. The kid's not a problem. A kid has energy and geschmack. Avada has to learn how to use it right, how to not run over anybody beside there. But energy is a good zach. I had such a chizuk from last night. Ezra Shulman gave two and a half hours of good times to over a hundred people. Mamish straight to Elam such a maise. It's a ben Elam Use your kaychas right, Rabbi say, Use them and channel them and figure them out. A person could do so much with their kaychas could do so much. It makes me crazy as when you have a guy in yeshiva is a good looking guy and he's, pl- and he's messing around with girls, it makes me sick to my stomach. It makes me sick because you have a kayach, you have charisma. So you're using it to hurt people? Kayachas can save the world. A guy's, a guy's good looking can save the world. Good looks bring a guy a certain people listen to him. It gives him a certain standing. So save people's lives. A good looking guy can save the world. What a shame. That's what you do with your skills. 
So that's what your skills are for. Here you're blessed with it. Hashem gave you a gift. The altar of Nevaradik was very good looking. He saved the world with his good looks. He made 86 yeshivas. His good looks helped. He walked into a city. He was, people said, whoa, look at this man. He was charismatic. He had a way with words. He had charisma. He could have used it. So this bacher, that's why you're using it to, 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 to hurt people, to pick up another girl. Here God gave you a gift with words. You're very charismatic. That's how you're using this gift. It's so tragic. You have a gift. Your gift, I know Bachum are very good with words. They're good talkers, a tremendous gift. That's what you're using it for, really now? It's a shame, it's a crime. Hashem gave you gifts. Use it right, utilize it right. When I saw it went down, Ezra Shulman last night took a gift he has, he can turn it into a lot of things. He can make a lot of money from his gift. There's nothing wrong. One day he will make a lot of money from his gift. But the fact, Rabbi said, that he turns it into giving to other people, that he takes his gift and it's meant for other people, and his gift is shared and given to other people, that's precious. That's priceless. A guy's a big athlete, so the whole thing is you make millions. I watch these buffoons just look to squeeze every dollar. So your whole gift, that's it? It's just for you? You're selfish. You're garnished. You're, it's, it's, it's nothing. You're a small You're a small pickle. You're nothing. You're nothing. I don't want to look at a guy. I wouldn't want to look at the, I don't care what type of megastar. All your talent, so that's it. It's just for you. How many extra dollars you can make? Could be Mahana millions of people they're watching. If that's your focus, if that's your focus, Avada. If a guy's an athlete and his focus is who I can give to, we would talk to you, the Gruber, about this. One day, Rabbi Say, all of you should make Parnassah. What you think is, what can you contribute to the world? And then focus on contributing that to the world. Give to the world. If this guy's focus, his whole focus would be to give to others and to be Mahana and give pleasure to us. You could tell it's not. If that would be his focus, I'd, I'd, I'd want to see him every day of the week. I'd want to be Chavrusas with him. A person can be Mahana others. A person can help others and take their gifts and take their package and mamish help others. It's tremendous. A guy is a voice and uses it. Who You think about Shlomo Guri and our yeshiva, how much he's given to our yeshiva. Last night, I'll be honest, it wasn't rigged. I don't think it was rigged last night. I asked one person, I said, has to get up. I asked Ezra and Shua that Shloyme Guri yesterday. I don't believe it was rigged last night. Hashem rigged it because people, we wanted AY to win. I'll be honest. AY worked the whole day yesterday on the Mechitz and always helps out. And Hashem ran the world. It was not rigged. We wanted AY to win and the Rabbani Shlom Fiat and he was picked out. No rigged. But Shlomo Guri, I might have been rigged. If I, want, I told them before, I don't care how it works, Shloyme Guri has to get up. Why did I say he has to get up? He's always singing for the Yeshiva. He's always singing for the yeshiva. He deserves to get up there. He's always singing for us. Yes, giving and giving and giving to us. Nance, you asked him, he's so willing and, and just willing to be Mahana the Oyom. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Aaron got money also last night. What do you mean? <laughs> for dressing up, no? Oh, yeah, he did. He did. Aaron got money. Yeah, Yaakov Bauman's not doing too bad. I wonder where Yaakov Bauman is today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's buying lottery tickets. <laughs> 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 
ripping through some library. I said, I said at one graduation, I said a pshat on, on a guy like you, Ezra, I said a pshat at a graduation, one of my favorite all-time pshatim. In, in, in the first, we start Davin, we say, Hafachta misbidi l'macholi. Hafachta, you turned around, misbidi, my hespid. You turned my eulogy into a dance. A machol is a circle. A machol is a circle. So it says, Afachta misbidi, you have turned my eulogy, my hesped, lemacholi, into a circle for me. My eulogy became a dance. My eulogy became a party. That's a David Amelech. Says, You saved my life, Hashem. Instead of eulogizing me, you saved me. Instead of a eulogy, instead of a hesped, a speech you saved for a dead person, now it's a party. So I wanted to say that often you turn my eulogy into a party is the very media that people were eulogizing me on. Look at this kid, he's, he's crazy, he makes such chizik in my class. The very attribute that you, that you, were, that you said my eulogy, that you, you buried me with that, turned into my circle, it turned into my dance. That's what I say on last night's performance. You have turned my eulogy into my circle. It's the biggest celebration. It's the biggest celebration. A person can energize and electrify and excite. You turn my hespit into a dance. I love that shot in the Pasuk. Geschmackes. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. You did last night is something... Something for the main, mom, it's not main. It's Oilum Habadit. That's a Ben Oilum Abbas. Somebody could be Misameach. A crowd is. That's what Oilum Abbas A place where people can bring cheer to another Jew. Pick up spirits of a Yiddish. You heard about last night, gay? Bedlam. Huh. Really electric last night. Hashem should give you Kaychas as with continued ability to be Misameach Yidden. Amen. 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 Thank you, Akiva Kohn, for all your efforts last night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What did you hold, Akiva, last night? Wild, eh? Maish, what did you hold last night? Electric, great vibes. We have to thank DJ Zoom. Who? DJ Zoom. Who's that? He did stuff last night? What did, what did he do last night? I didn't know that. He was picking the songs? I didn't know that. What's it? Maish Lang was also doing it? No, it's Oh, really? So together, there are shots with some DJ Zoom. <laughs> wow. Rabbi Say, let's go to Gemara Shiad. Let's go to Gemara Shiad. Oh, no. I want to very. I want to very.